my Lord and my God. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Today is Thomas Sunday, and my remember today in the liturgy especially, our brothers and sisters who in the Eastern churches, especially the Byzantine churches, that follow the Byzantine heritage of liturgy, are celebrating their Pascha, their Easter. So I just got a call here this morning from Oleg and wishing, reminding me that it was Pascha in the old country. And uh, so I wished him a uh, very happy Pascha. So to have a good time over there today. There's nothing like Easter in a little eastern village in the mountains of Carpatarus. It's just terrific. Partying that goes on. And of course, they're not afraid to party. In America, they have a, a habit of abusing liquor and things like that. They drink a lot of liquor, but that's, they don't get drunk. They don't over, overeat. They don't, they realize, uh, it's a food. It's not, uh, party material or something. I don't ever have that happened over here. But yesterday also we'd like to mention that, uh, the Holy Fire appeared out of the sepulcher in Jerusalem. And, uh, during Holy Saturday evening or so it was, probably marking the moment of Christ's original re resurrection. And Father Bill saw it on TV. And you saw it too. So that's exciting. I, I really think we should go back to the old calendar, at least in, um, in, in use of Easter and Great Lent. Because... Uh, <clears throat> We unite our churches, the Eastern Catholic churches, and it would favor also the Orthodox churches, the Coptics, all these different people follow the old calendar, and there must be a reason. Now, I don't mean to go back by about Christmas and things like that, because nobody knows the day Jesus was born. The early church, they celebrated in May, but that wasn't right, so they figured out the Festival of Lights in the Western, in the Western Empire, and they started Christmas as a feast of light around the 25th. But they put the conception of our Lord in March, so March the 25th. So that would be nine months. So I don't know how they came to that date either. But I do know that there's this great miracle every year almost of the Holy Fire. And I think we should be in union with that. Now, the Catholics in uh, the Holy Land, they already celebrate uh, Easter today. They decided two years ago to do that. So we're, we're in union with them also. And all my cousins and relatives, the Krayu in the old country, and all the Eastern Christians, uh, who celebrate this day. I don't know why we have to have a, a different day. You know, we follow a calendar that came from England, and uh, Jesus wasn't born in England. He was born in the Holy Land. 
And the other thing is the we set our calendar, our time, by Greenwich time, and Jesus wasn't born at Greenwich time either. So maybe one of these days, I think it'd be a unifying and beautiful custom to go back to the, at least for us, our original date of uh, celebrating uh, Easter. Now let's get back to the gospel, my Lord and my God. Thomas, it was not the doubter. He was the believer. He testified to the truth of the resurrection of Christ because he touched him. He touched his hands and his side and he saw the wounds and this glorious Christ who had risen from the dead and all he could do is fall down and say, my Lord and my God, a real act of faith in the true risen Lord and our Savior. In the gospel, he's called the Messiah, the one who comes to save us all and is anointed with all the gifts of the Holy Trinity, which he shares with us and which we celebrate through beautifully, especially during Holy Week and Easter. I keep the royal doors in our... Uh, cathedral in our churches, where I've been pastor for 40 days, open, not just the week, but for 40 days, and celebrate his presence amongst us until his ascension. And then, of course, after 40 days, the 10 days wait for Pentecost. It's a glorious season, very rich with tradition, very rich with our Jewish heritage, very rich with our neighbors, and we should all, at this time of year, it's spring here in this hemisphere, in the north, and we should rejoice as new life comes upon the earth, and we have our resurrectional down, certainly down in Australia, they're getting ready for the winter, so I don't know what they're going to do about that, but it's a wonderful time. And I want to talk to you a little bit about faith. St. Paul, in his writing, says faith is hope in the things we look for that yet are unseen. And I think faith is more than that. It's an experience. And uh, part of the problems of living in this part of the world is our culture is so uh, humanistic and secularized and materialistic. We're learning now by this virus that we have to live by something else because our money's disappearing and uh, we're locked away and we have to learn to get along with each other. A funny thing came over the on the computer about how many couples are fighting with each other, and these domestic incidences are on the rise. Well, about time they learn to live with each other. Maybe it's going to be a good fight. We're going to teach them. And we Christians, we shouldn't fight with each other either. What witness is that? We all believe in Jesus Christ and the power and glory of the resurrection. Now, faith 
is just a man, not a matter of an intellectual commitment. That's the West, especially Protestants. They like to argue about religion and give us their formulas, which are ridiculous. I uh, met a fellow I knew, of course, I was personal friends with the Patriarch of Antioch for a long time. He's now retired, and they have a new one, Joseph, by the name. And uh, he told the story about a group of Protestant evangelizers coming to Damascus. And they were outside the wall where Paul had gone over in the basket, escaping. And they were talking to the Christians there. And they said, when did you have your conversion experience? Who taught you about Christianity? wouldn't be possible that they would know anything about Christianity, the very places where the apostles really preached. And they looked at them and said, well, really, our teacher was St. Paul. They didn't know what to answer. We believe the apostolic deposit of faith, not on the latest tide or fable or uh, whatever they want to call us, and all sorts of educational programs about uh, fables and all sorts of things like that, and they try to equate us. It's not a possibility. God himself sent us Jesus Christ. He's the only one who came by way of prophecy in the Old Testament. He doesn't teach us anything but to love the Father. And in this beautiful gospel we read during Easter time, John, he tells us, I and the Father are one. I am the revelation of the Father. He tells us, and I want to share that life which is between me and the Father with you. <clears throat> and he gives us our sacramental liturgies. We should say, in Slavonic, it's hospod my bogmoj, my Lord and my God. If I confess somebody to be the Lord, it means he's going to rule my heart. If I confess his divinity, I recognize true love and authority. Those are matters of the heart. We look at the beauty of the Byzantine church, especially this temple, which is terrifically beautiful, and we're still working on it. Why do we love beauty? Because God is beautiful. He's not cheap. He's not stingy. He wants to fall in love with him. The gospel says, if you keep my commandments, you love me. And those commandments are not just the ten, but indeed to love our neighbor, to love the church, to love the beauty of the gospel, to love the art, to love the music, to love our neighbor so much that we go to talk to them, our love of God spills out. When that spills out, you can say, yes, I have faith.
I have faith because I am deeply in love with the revelation Christ has given us in the church, in the gospel, in the art, in the music. There has been of late, the last 40 years or so, tremendous upheaval among some of the Catholic churches due to Vatican II. Look behind that stuff. Fall in love with what we received from the apostles, the Nicene Creed, the monuments of faith, the beauty that makes us rejoice in our heart. That's faith. It's not an intellectual accent. It's a loving falling in love with the great Jesus Christ, and he is risen. Why did he bother to come back to see Thomas? Well, Thomas has probably been a little bit of a problem, I guess. Well, he saw him. He witnessed to the reality of the physical resurrection. That was for us. That was not for Thomas. That was for us. That what we do not see or we did not see, we believe. And we believe in the apostolic deposit of faith. And we fall in love with it. How can you read John's gospel about the Lord Jesus and the resurrection and not fall in love? How can you read the institution text and the chapter 6 of John and teach us about the Holy Eucharist and not know the risen Lord is always with us and we receive him body, blood, soul, divinity. Not the one that walked the earth, but the glorified one who sits at the right hand of God the Father mighty in heaven, who is risen. Yes, he instituted the sacraments before he ascended or before he died on the cross, but he tried to tell us, I'll be with you always in the Eucharist. This past week, we celebrated the priesthood. We fasted, we prayed, read all the gospel, except the passion, and we rejoice. Deep in faith. So don't sit down and argue with yourself about your faith. It's the only thing you can have hope in. Jesus told us everything is passing away, maybe quicker than we think. We've had a horrendous 200 years in the Western civilization where all the institutions which were bulwark of Christianity are being destroyed. Divinely anointed monarchs who were Christians, who were our leaders. The authority in the magisterium of the church love of beauty in the liturgy and the sacraments. Love of the priesthood and our, the bishops. Of course, the bishops drive me nuts all the time anyway, but that's just my problem. This deep love is the church in your heart. Once you have that love, you really don't want anything else. 
Everything else is temporary. Once you have that love, you know your hope is in Christ. And although you may lack in charity, which we all do, and we may lack, maybe we don't know our faith as we should know it, but faith is not just knowledge. It's recognition of the growth of Jesus Christ through his divine energies, grace, in your inmost being. And that will go with you to the heavenly kingdom. Faith is having a future with the Trinity in the whole, in heaven. Faith is having a glorified body similar to our Lord that knows no pain, sorrow, or mourning. Have you ever lived a week in your life without pain? The smallest child suffers. And we start falling apart after a while. Original sin. But we will know the Lord in the heavenly kingdom without pain, sorrow, or mourning. We will not worry about our weakness, but we say our hope and love was in you. And we'll say to him, in his glory, his beauty, his magnificence, my Lord and my God. And he comes to you today in the Eucharist, our Lord and our God, the resurrected Messiah, Savior, who is with us still, taking us step by step on our journey. One of the difficulties I've had in my spiritual life is really not a lack of knowledge. I have five degrees, and two of a couple of them are in theology and patristics, church history. I thought I could learn enough that I would know. Fool. You only know if you know it in here. When you're deeply in love, you know. When your love is painful, you know. Forty years of education, only to come to that little conclusion. Faith and love is in your heart. I'm reading a beautiful book now. When I finish it, I'll preach a little bit about it. He talks about that, how God accomplishes that. But faith is not an intellectual journey. It's a journey of grace put in you by the risen Lord. The bad part about it, we think, we poor creatures, is we have to live a disciplined life. We can't live a sinful life. Every vice you remove from your inmost being, you open magnificent doors to the depth of the love of Christ. We like to compromise with that. We can't. You don't compromise with what you want to love. You be strict with yourself. Be prayerful. Talk to him. Say the Jesus prayer. Realize who, who you are, who's in you. What did, how God transformed you by sending his son who is risen from the dead and say in appreciation to him this day, my Lord and my God, boy, am I in love with you.
Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.